Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book meeting. It's 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Wednesday, April 25th, 2018, 7 a.m. And today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 55. We will be reading the second paragraph, starting, actually, we're fooling ourselves. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy R., the 12 Traditions, Elena M., and our text readers are Harlan G., Madeline R., Lynn F., our newcomer greeter is Kathy G., and the host for the second hour is Lisa H. And the share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday April 24th, the 7 a.m. meeting was 11,334. 11, 11334. And the share ID for the 10 a.m. meeting, 11,335. 11335. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting <clears throat> Excuse me, through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Kathy R. to read the 12 steps of OA, please. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kathy R. I'm calling from Tampa Bay, Florida area, grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. These are the 12 steps of our program. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except what to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do this service, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, Kathy R. I will now ask Elena M. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please. Uh, thanks, Monica. Uh, this is Elena M., a grateful recovering uh, compulsive reader from Ottawa, Canada. Here are 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our groups. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be full supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name drawn into public controversy. Ten, 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Go ahead. Thank you, Elena. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, We Are Agnostics. We are on page 55. We will be reading the second paragraph that begins, Actually, We Were Fooling Ourselves. And I will ask Harlan G. if he will read for us, please. 
Thank you, Monica. Of course I will. I'm Harlan G. I'm calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico this morning at the World Service Business Conference. Glad to be here. Actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other it is there for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. When I look at this paragraph, what comes to my mind is how angry I was at God at times and how disappointed I was in God at that at times. And I cannot be angry or disappointed in something that I do not believe exists. How can I come into the world and look at things and look at people and look at beauty and look at all the things I see and not believe that there is a power infinitely greater than myself that exists. I may not agree with how that God or that power greater than myself, whatever I choose to call it, distributes wealth, distributes love, distributes good looks or whatever, or assets of any kind. But deep down in my heart, I know that when I see the face of someone that I love, or I see a starlit night, that there is a power greater than myself in this world at work. I have already been told in this book several times that only a spiritual experience is going to give me any type of chance at recovery. A spiritual awakening as the result of working these steps is vital to my survival. Earlier in this chapter, it also reminds me that I do not have to believe I just might take a look at that word, those words, and it gives me comfort. It says, do I, believe, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? As I sit here at whatever level of recovery I am, Am I so pompous? Am I so egotistical that I am going to think of myself as the be-all and the end-all of the world, the alpha and the omega? I must believe that there is a power greater than myself if I am to recover, or I must be willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself. Now, based on that willingness, I can now go forward in these steps and work them with the idea that I too can recover. I know nothing of exercise physiology, but five days a week I get on that stationary bike and I pump it for everything I'm worth and I get a benefit from doing so. I don't know how it works. I just know that it does. I know my legs feel better, they look better, and I lose weight as a result of it, and it feels great when I do it. There are people recovering from this disease. We who are recovering are recovering because of a willingness to believe that there's a power greater than ourselves, and then we start taking action. Time. Because the belief in and of itself will not do it. 
This is not a program for people who need it or want it. It's a pe- program for people who do it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And we are on page 55, the second paragraph. And who else would like to share this morning? Madam. Barbara E. Barbara. Edie M. Edie Pete B. Pete. Reva P. Reva. Lauren N. I heard Amanda. Amanda Lauren. M. Amanda M. Lauren and Lauren N. Say that again, David. I heard Madam. you, Matt. Okay. I got you way in the beginning. Bonnie M. Bonnie. Are you saying Bonnie B? Yes. Okay. Bonnie M. All right. Tally. Let's go with this. This is what I've got. Matt M. Barbara E. Irini M. Pete B. Reva P. Amanda M. Lauren N. And Bonnie M. Matt, you're up, and then it'll be Barbara. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsive over here from New Jersey. Uh, actually, we're fooling ourselves. For deep down, every man, woman, and child is a fundamental idea of God. For me, I, I sometimes struggle with the idea of a higher power, but I realized recently my life has gotten really in turmoil, and I realized I do have a higher power who's working with me and working with me to keep me healthy. I've been working um, with a doctor and other people in my life to go into some sort of rehab to help me out my physical issues. And um, a lot of things personal, I had a lot of deaths. I had a lot of couple deaths in my life. My friend, my friend's uh, sibling passed away. My health insurance might get canceled. But I feel really at peace with a lot of it. I, I don't know, like, um, I can't explain what it is. I just feel really at peace. And I realize, you know, that is my higher power at work. I'm not, like, running around with the chicken with his head cut off. I'm not, like, um, obsessing or freaking out about it. You know, things are taking care of themselves because I know I have a higher power that's willing to work, look out for me, and uh, keep me safe. And I'm grateful for that one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Irini M. Uh, Good morning. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. Thank you for your service, Monica and Harlan, for reading that and explaining it. I love this chapter because it explains to me so clearly who has one who has no clear knowledge of God, all the different things, that we will indeed meet people who don't believe in God, but they still found the power they can access. And you may have the, that connection, but continue to eat. There are no guarantees, but there is the guarantee that we must persevere. And the steps explain how to do it. And then in pages 45 through 48, the prejudice against it. How could a supreme being help me? All I had to do was, was be willing to believe. Open the door a crack. And then on page 47, when it says, pick your own conception of God, create your own characteristics, Barbara. Step two doesn't require me to to believe anything of religious dogma. Just be willing to try. It's like chicken soup. My mother said chicken soup will lessen your cold. I had faith that she was right. So I drank the chicken soup. That's the way it is. And they go on on pages 48 to 51, where science explains that there are scientific principles 
like atoms and molecules and all kinds of matter that we cannot see but we trust to be true. And the hypothesis they're putting forth in this chapter is that the 12 steps are the way to the recover. Faith has given us purpose. And moving on, every one of them can give us access to this power. All we need is a psychic change. The presence of God is a theory, but it seems to be have proven true. And I don't want those bedevilments found on page 53. I was restless, irritable, unhappy with my life, always willing to play the victim and always going to food. The reliance on the spirit of the universe was absolutely necessary and my former thinking was mushy, mushy, mushy. I had to believe, I had to have faith in something I couldn't see or touch or taste. taste. I just had to take that leap of faith. I always ask Responsi, is there anything more important than you are? I've got certain things I believe in that are more important than, than me. And then finally on page 55 where we are today, two paragraphs that point out why religion isn't working for them. Maybe they're blocked off by other things. I had to scrape away all the things that were blocking me so that I could, in 10, 11, and 12, finally access a power that could help me if I'd be willing to ask. Perfect. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Irene M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Pete B. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irene M. from New York a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. I love this page. This is my favorite page. Why is it my favorite page? Because it speaks my truth. And when I live in my truth, I am always set free. I really honestly believe that We were all created in a way for a need of God, not a need of food, not a need of things, not a need of people, but a need of God, something intangible. That truth is is that I'm not enough. That's it. I have to accept that, that I'm not enough. And until I get connected with my loving creator to make me enough, I'm not going to be enough. I have my own testimony and others who witnessed my transformation that I can't do life without an all-powerful God. It's impossible. It's a gift to even realize and acknowledge this. And then to accept this gift of connection is to build up my faith, my relationship with my God, and then lower and move away from my pride. It's focusing on reality and letting go of all the lies. It's living in the present that I get to use this gift and blossom into the being that God would have me be. 
God resides in me as he resides in all of you. And this is what we share every morning with one another. This connection that we all have is the connection of our loving Father, my dear spiritual brothers and sisters. This is why I call you my spiritual brothers and sisters, because we speak the truth every morning. We speak God's word every morning because this book is divinely written and it is giving us hope it comforts us it heals us and we hunger for this he- for these healing words it's not for us to understand it's a mystery it's a gift for us to accept to use it enjoy it share it with others ask yourselves what makes you come on this line every morning What juices you up and what words do you hear that really resonate with you? Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Idini M. Pete B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Reva P. Thank you, moderator. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive reader, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. And uh, can we be two, two paragraphs or one? One. Okay, just that, that. Okay, great. So, I mean, to me, like, this is, you know, as a, as somebody just getting started, this is good news, right? Well, you know, like, good news. No matter how, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you believe, no matter what, something inside of you, uh, ha- there's a fundamental idea of God, right? So, so, so that's cool. Let's lower the bar and let you just decide what that God is going to be. And yet you still have people in Overeaters Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous that still have a problem with God. <laughs> like, you know, here, make it up yourself. You define it. You say what it is. But yet still people have a, a, a aversion to the concept of God. I, I, I don't get it. But, you know, uh, I'll tell you what. It would be easier to prove that there wasn't a God than it is to prove that there is a God. Because you can't prove it. You can't pr- to the to the to the person who hasn't experienced it, no matter what you say is going to convince them of it. No matter how eloquent our stories are, no matter how, how no matter how much knowledge we have about this chapter and how much we can we can share that knowledge. If you haven't experienced it, I'm not going to talk you into experiencing it. And the good news is, is that no matter what, no, no matter how eloquent or how or, or how relevant your story is, you can't talk me out of my experience. Like that's the good news. Like I know it for sure, right? So, so the 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 uh, uh, sentence that I like to hone in on is that it says, "For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself." And that's what we have to be is miraculous demonstrations because that's what gets people to believe, right? The pain of my experience and becoming completely hopeless, right? willing to turn to the, 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 the place you just don't want to turn to, is, which is God, um, and then seeing this miraculous demonstration, recovery, being recovered, uh, from this seemingly hopeless condition, that's the that's that's what this fellowship is for, right? Is to is to be a, a a good example, is to demonstrate to the fellows that this will work. The words, the sentences, the analogies, the stories, 
they're all good. They're all they're all fantastic. But let's just face it. Our this letter just says there is one that has all power. All power. That one is God. May you find him now. That means that there's no human power. There's no effective mental defense. It doesn't say that lack of knowledge was our problem. It says that lack of power is our problem. And there is one that has all power. May you find him now. Thank you for letting me share our pass. Thank you, Pete B. Reva P. It's your turn, and then it'll be Amanda M. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. When I was in program at the very beginning and I heard that the solution was finding a power greater than myself and it was a spiritual solution, I looked outside of me for that solution. Maybe it was the right sponsor, maybe going to a certain meeting, maybe reading certain program literature, you know, where, how do I get this power? It was almost a frantic search for that power because that was going to be my answer. And what this paragraph says is it's sort of like that Dr. Seuss book, Are You My Mother, looking everywhere outside of me, and the answer is right here inside of me. But the answer is obscured. And the first thing it can be obscured and blocked by is the food. But the bigger part of the block is the calamity. And what's the calamity? The calamity is inside my head. All the thinking, all the old beliefs, all the resentments and fears, all that stuff blocks me. Pomp, my big ego, worshiping you know, external things. I can be so blocked that it's something right inside of me and I can't even access it. And that's just another reminder that the purpose of the steps are to first you know, put the food down and then unblock me. And once I'm unblocked by doing the work in steps four through nine, the power is there. I don't have to effort. I don't have to rush. I don't have to search frantically. It's just there. Um, so I love that word miraculous because it is miraculous, but it's not magic. I don't sit wishing and hoping and praying harder. Um, I do the work, I get unblocked, and then God just like, it's just there. It just gets revealed because um, I've been blocking it. And then the last thing I wanted to share on is demonstration. You know, it's not what people say. It's not what I read in a book. When I see people rising, like it says in the paragraph before, above life's problems and challenges and doing so happily and peacefully, um, then I know program works and I know if I do the work, the same can happen to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Amanda M., it's your turn and then it'll be Lauren N. Hi, may I be heard? Yes. Thanks. Amanda, recovered compulsive overeater, grateful in Dallas, Texas. You know, I love this paragraph so much. The two paragraphs are my favorite in the book, and I actually can't read them without um, getting a little teary-eyed. I love this deep down in every man and woman is the fundamental idea of God. And although it's blocked, it is there 
for so long, I searched for God outside myself. You know, I searched in being the right size. I searched in the right job. I searched in the right man. I searched in the right this, the right that. Somewhere out there, outside myself, was God. And what this paragraph tells me is that it's inside me. That's where I have to look. And once I took a look inside there, once I quieted my mind, once I got down, I did. I found that 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 divine spark inside me, that divine spark that's in all of us, that fundamental idea of God. And it was at that point that I could believe that God could restore me to sanity. It was at that point that I had something that I could turn my life over to. And it was at that point I could make a decision to take action and to block myself, unblock myself from those things that had been hiding that idea of God. You know, um, for me, these were this paragraph and the next are the most important in my spiritual journey because I had to take a look and find that God, that idea of God inside me and quiet myself and really get in touch with that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amanda M. Lauren N., it's your turn, and then it'll be Bonnie M. Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me? It's Lauren N. Yes. Thank you all for being here one day at a time, every day. Lauren N., compulsive overeater, sugar addict, in recovery today, thank God. When I came into these rooms, I did not believe there was a higher power, there was a God, there was anyone that believed in me or thought I was there for me. Today, I live my life in a way very different from those days when I came in almost two years ago. I found a God that loves me and wants me to be kind to myself. I found a God that you all share about, and I'm able to hold on to that God often for hours at a time. Sometimes I forget because I'm human. As someone says on this line, I'll never, ever, ever rise above being human. I let people down and I let myself down and then I beat myself up. But God tells me I'm perfect the way I am. Thank thank you all for that. Thank you all for giving me that gift, for being here every day, and for repeating your your stories and helping me have hope today. Because it's with hope that I can get better. So I'm in my infancy, almost almost two years of complete abstinence off of my binge substances. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren Ann. Bonnie M., it's your turn. Hi, thank you. This is Bonnie M. from Massachusetts, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. 
And um, of course, this paragraph uh, means a lot to me as well. Um, I had no God. <clears throat> my God was everything else. It was my husband. It was my food. It was other people's opinions. It was how do I look to you? You know, do I look good from the outside? Then, you know, if I didn't, then there was something wrong with me and I had to fix it. And that just created a whole world of monkey chatter in my brain that was driving me into the food. Now, now I want to get out of the food. How do I do this? Well, I read the directions. I listen to my fellows. I read the book. And um, I came to believe in a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And how does that work? Well, you just try it. Just try it. Just get yourself a God who has your back, who wants the best for you, who loves you unconditionally, who knows what your future holds. I don't know what my future holds. I can only see the world in front of me. However, now that I have a God of my understanding who is watching, caring, loving for me, I can look back over these last few years of abstinence and realize all that God has done for me. I did not do any of these things for myself. The words that come out of my mouth, I didn't put there. The thoughts, the help, the kindness that I can uh, give to people, uh, the willingness to serve, you know, where did that come from? That That's not me, but now it is me. Why? Because I have a power greater than me that I can lean on. I can lean on that God for anything, hope, love, experience, acceptance, you name it, I can do it with, with the help of my higher power. Um, I go to events. I don't have to eat. I don't want to eat. What is that? That's a miracle. That's God. I love to give service. I love to talk to people. I've had great opportunities in the last couple of days of getting phone calls, and they just brighten my day. That wasn't me before. I wanted to hide, isolate, eat. So my spiritual fitness is just off the charts right now with appreciation for this program and all the love that all of you share. And show me how to do this. Show me the way. And um, for that, I'm, I'm forever grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie M., and for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 55, and we are talking, we are sharing about the second paragraph. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, and who else would like to share this morning? Dorita P. J. I heard Dorita. Rowanne M. Rowanne K. Rowanne K. Rowanne Now, I heard somebody between Dorita and Rowanne. Darian K. No, it wasn't Darian. No, it was Anita. 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 Okay. I thought I heard you. Okay, this is what I've got. Dorita P., Roanne M., Marion K., Vasa O., Darian K., and Anita. Hopefully we've got time. Okay, Dorita, you're up. Hi. Uh, Can you hear me okay? I'm using some headphones. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. And there's somebody uh, unmuted in the background. Please, everybody, please mute your phones. Thank you. Dorita, go ahead. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm 
really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of every uh is a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason. So I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Yes, a friend of mine, you know, talking about uh, this higher power, a friend of mine uh, sends me um, inspirational thoughts of the day every day. So today she sent this one. It says, inner silence promotes clarity of mind. It makes us value the inner world. It trains us to go inside to the source of peace and inspiration when we are faced with problems and challenges. So for me, um, um, people, people convince me, and pe- in particular people in a way convinced me that there was a higher power. Um, and they convinced me by showing how uh, this higher power worked in their lives and um, how they behaved. Um, And I wanted to experience the happy uh, and peace and joy that they were uh, experiencing. Um, So, um, so, but before, I'll just close by saying before, I just depended on myself, and, and I was, and I isolated, you know. And I think that's what um, maybe uh, a person who, you know, do not believe or do not get this program uh, is dependent on themselves. Like I was, I was dependent on myself, and um, um, and and I couldn't see outside myself. So I was kind of like stuck with my thoughts, and what I would do, I would busy myself so that I wouldn't have this silence and think, um, because if I silenced myself, like this reading says, you know, I could uh, get in touch with my inner source, which is that power that I call God. So I'm just really grateful for this program, and with that, I'll pass, because I could go on and on for days and days about this power, and it allowed me to lose 100 pounds and keep it off for over 10 years. So I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Dorita P. Roanne M., it's your turn, and then it'll be either Mary Ann or Marion. Go ahead, Roanne. Hi, good morning. This is Roanne M. in New York. Um, I'm really grateful to be on the line, and I just wanted to comment on this paragraph because I love how it says we're fooling ourselves and that just those words we're fooling ourselves that speaks to me so much because I feel like that is something that I say to myself almost every day as someone who's an addict and a compulsive overeater is that I fool myself my disease tricks me and fools me and it's it's a delusion and it tells me lies every single day and tries to convince me of things that aren't true and that is something that I'm going to have to work with every day a day at a time the rest of my life and how do I get around that I have to have a power greater than myself that can help me 
maneuvers through all of those lies. And it says, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is a fundamental idea of God. I remember from when I was a very young child praying to God to help me with problems that I was having. You know, when I was a little girl and children would make fun of me for being overweight, and I would ask God, please make the kids stop, like, making fun of me. And, you know, it was just something that came naturally, and I don't even know where it came from because I wasn't raised in a religious household. It just was naturally inside of me. And yet when I'm asked, to lean into God at an older age, it's something that is so difficult for me to do. But at a younger age, it was something that was so natural. And so I find that interesting. But faith in a power greater than ourselves, the miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man and himself. Yes, it has been shown throughout history that miracles have taken place that cannot be explained. And miracles have taken place in my life that I could not possibly explain, that I could not possibly fathom or begin to understand. And I know that it is not of my doing. And so... You know, when people ask, well, how can I possibly begin to believe in something, you know, who who people who are not religious, people who don't have a God in their Time. life, I, I just try and say, well, it doesn't have to be, a, it can just be something that you believe in that's greater than yourself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Roanne M. And now it's either Marion or Mary Ann K. I'm not sure. Marion K or Marianne K. All right. Then Vasa O, oh, it's your turn. And then it'll be Darian K. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Monica, for your service. I'm Vasa. Great. We'll recover. Compulsive reader uh, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And it's so good to get back to the meeting this morning. We've been on the road for a few days coming back home. And, uh, yeah, I did not believe in the miracles until I saw the miracle in myself. And I, you know, again, I had been looking for God, and my heart was really hungry, and I'd been searching. But being brought up with a fearful, punishing God, I wanted to get close to God, but then I was too afraid. And uh, I had no clue anything about the food addiction, anything about the allergy, till I was brought into this big book. I mean, to me, that was like a a miracle, you know. Finally, I found out what the solution was, you know. The allergy of the body, food that I was putting in my body. Somebody's unmuted. So, you know, again, I found a sponsor that uh, led me to a higher power, and it was, to me, it was such a gift. It was a gift of desperation. And I was just so ready, and I was just so willing to surrender 
to whoever the higher power is, God, the 12 steps, or anybody, anybody, because I, if I kept on going and doing what I was doing, I was just going to die. So, no, but, and I did have that spiritual experience, and I did have the connection with my higher power the minute I surrendered on my knees. For me, it's amazing. You know, we can surrender any way we want to, but this is my experience. And nobody can talk me out of the experience that I have. Not my husband, not my parents, not anybody, because it's in within myself. And I trust and I depend on that higher power. And first one was the food. God was doing for me my higher power that I couldn't do for myself. But that was a miracle, you know. And then gradually I started trusting God in other areas of my life. But it was a gradual trust and belief. And of, going, of course, going through the steps. I didn't understand the block, the blocking of uh, my character defects till I came to step four. But the minute I surrendered, my life started getting better. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And Darian K., you're up, and then it'll be Anita. Hi, this is Darian K. from the Berkshires. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you. Wonderful following my, my sweet friend, Vasa. Um, we've been in this wonderful journey for over 30 years together, so lovely hearing her voice. Um, I wanted to remember two things. Um, when people were talking about lies, I was thinking, I learned that there's such thing as lies of omission. And I really, I don't ever remember knowing that, but I was so good at those. Um, if I didn't tell you that I ate such and such, you know, when I went to like Weight Watchers and they had you write down stuff, if I didn't include that stuff on the list, um, or, you know, if someone asked me, you know, you know, why, why are you gaining weight or whatever, if I didn't tell them I was eating something, then I didn't. Like, I really believed my lies of omission, just leaving things out. And for me, that just was really very destructive for my, you know, um, for anything that I tried to do when it came to losing weight. Um, or becoming a better person if I just left things out and didn't say anything. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is um, I really feel like sometimes, um, or most of the time, I believe, I don't know, my power, the power inside of me shows itself in the rearview mirror, if that makes any sense, as I'm in the car looking back. Um, I feel like I look back and I say, whoa. How did I get through things like my mother's death three years ago, you know, without being crushed? I thought that I would never survive that, you know, emotionally. Um, you know, how did I get through selling, you know, um, my big, beautiful home and, and finding another home to live in and then selling it again and, and moving out here to western Massachusetts um, and packing everything up and you know, some of those things seemed so overwhelming. I thought I was, I just thought I couldn't. Like, I was just going to give up and say I can't. But looking back, again, I did those things with the help of a higher power. I really believe that my higher power carried me through so many things in my life. So, you know, I, God is blind faith. We can't see God. We can't touch. We can't 
there's just nothing to hold on to, but then there is something to hold on to. And I really believe it's in the things that happen in our lives that maybe we thought we could never get through. Um, and it's also love. I really believe God is love because um, it's, it's a power for good. And so I just am so, so grateful, again, to be here, be on this line. And God is also power of not in numbers. And there's 370 people on this line. So I am just so grateful. Thank you. I'm just so grateful for all of you taking the time out in the morning to be on this line and to listen and to share and to help me learn. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Darian Kay. Anita, it's your turn. Thank you so much, Monica T. Uh, this is Anita J. Recovered out here west of Boston. Um, I heard in another, not in a 12-step program, but that deep within us is a God hole. And that kind of resonated. This, this spot, all carved out and ready for God, or else he was in it. I actually believe he was there. And then worldly clamors, um, life on life's terms, you know, uh, the original gods with skin, my mother and father fell short. And, uh, and anyway, the point is, it got filled with, actually, I really believe, thank you, God, that it did get filled, um, you know, not with things that uh, were for good because I turned out to be a food addict. And it actually, the more I ate, the less I could ever feel a God, never mind with skin or without skin. And so to finally see that deep down within me, he was always there. That little God hole was pretty darn cramped with all the Jamocha fun ice cream and, <laughs> and everything else on top of him. But... Um, but he took it. He just took it and knew that someday Anita will let it all fall away and finally let me help her. I just, that was scary. Isn't it for some of us? What's he going to do? Look what he did in the beginning. You see, I attributed some of these calamities to God. My first awakening with this God was that he was always there. And that happened after a year in a way. I knew, I acknowledged there was a God. I just didn't know what to do. Oh, I knew what to do with him. I didn't want to give him all of me, all of me. And um, finally, through this venue, you 369 other people, this was the venue four years and almost four months ago that turned my life around after being in these rooms since 1978. It's just a miracle. And the thing is, here's what even the greatest miracle is. I have a little God box. I heard about that. Put these wishes or dreams. And, you know, if they're meant to be, God will, in his time, answer them in his way. And one of them was, I want to fall in love with God again. And the thing is that it has happened sometimes out of the blue, out of just, just pops out of my head. I love you, God. I just can't get over it. And, um, and God has told me, I think I'm up now, but it's that, that he has a life for me. I'm in a new chapter now, you know. My husband died about 
eight months and a week ago, and um, time. And that and that has given me a new chapter. And God is still here; He did not die. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. And we have four minutes. So two two-minute shares will work. Will work. Will work. Will work. Oh boy. <laughs> Who would like to share? Tina S. Tina. Hi, my name is Don B. Don. Okay. Tina S. and Don. Go ahead. Two minutes each. Tina. Thanks, Monica. Sorry. Uh, Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. You know, I always heard that the longest distance was from my head to my heart. And, you know, deep down within each and every one of us is the fundamental idea of God. And and how do I cultivate that to become the uh, God that I uh, communicate in my life today? You know, that's that was always an issue for me. I love to share that early on in childhood that there was that thought of, uh, God, please help me. And I had that same experience. And, you know, I was raised Catholic, but, you know, my my understanding was totally different than the church, but I knew that there was something out there. You know, and, and I say this over and over because I can still get in this place today. You know, whether I believe I'm good enough for that something out there, you know, that's a different story. You know, where am I, you know, spiritually to know that, or to have some humility that, you know, God is bigger than all of that. You know, it's not God that turns his back, it's me, and for whatever reason, you know, so today through the 12 steps, that's my only experience that has ever worked for me, is 1 through 12, all 12 of them, to have that spiritual awakening. In all of my affairs, every day, you know, every day, no matter what's going on, I start with I am powerless, and if I stay in that powerlessness, I'm unmanageable. You know, so I have a new manager today, and 2 through 12 gives me that spiritual experience that I'm good enough, you know, for a power greater than myself to have this life beyond my wildest dreams, which I do, and I can experience. So with that, I'll pass. What a great meeting. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Don, it's your turn. Give us your last initial, please. I think it was Don. Or Don? (laughs) Okay, well, we only have less than a minute now, so I'm going to end the meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And our share ID for today, Wednesday, April 25th, is 11,337-11337. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Madeline R., could you read for us, please, from page 164? Yes, thank you for letting me be of service. I'm Madeline R. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.